1: Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show With me, Adam Bayfield, and joining me on the telephone It's only the same guy who always joins me on these things Tony Kerr
0: Yeah, all, uh, all suspense is just long dead and buried <laughs> How's it going, Tony? Uh, yeah, it's alright, thanks yeah. yeah, we're back
1: doing a uh, remote record uh, Which is the first one of these for a while We've had our fair share of technical hitches uh, get it, getting getting up and running.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, regular listeners will know that we have sort of certainly for quite a few months we we're fortunate enough to dodge the pandemic more or less uh, from here in Guernsey. I'm sure you'll explain a bit, but we've had a bit of a, a relapse, so we're um, yeah, we're, we're we're back in the game. So to yeah, speak. we've had a,
1: a rude awakening. Um, yeah, yeah. After well, as you say quite a few months since sort of beginning of last summer we had um, essentially normality here in Guernsey with no restrictions uh, but lockdown's back after a few
0: unexplained cases a couple of weeks ago so um, I mean it's, I mean we're going to talk about cricket aren't we that's what we're here to do um, and it's you know it's markedly different to lockdown one in that there's just so much great cricket at the moment whereas obviously the sort of first time around for us it was you know, very much the yeah, that period of uncertainty, sort of, when will when, when it ever come back? Um, so, yeah, it's actually quite a different experience so far. It has, it has
1: been, yeah, as you say, it has been different in, in that way um, compared to our first lockdown. But otherwise, very similar, really. So I've been busy, I've been doing all the traditional lockdown things. You know, I've been making sourdough, I've been watching Tiger King, I've been doing <laughs> uh, keepy-uppies with the toilet roll. I've been, I've been Just, talking to you on House Party.
0: Yeah, true, really rolling back the months
1: um yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know whether yeah i don't know whether lockdown humor goes over very well at this point I, I feel like uh yeah i feel like most people on the mainland have probably lost their sense of humor about uh about lockdown at this stage um so perhaps we should move on quickly but uh, yeah on on one of those house party calls uh you were saying to me saying that you are appreciating the opportunity to watch a lot of the cricket that's on and you said cricket's on fire at the moment um and I think you're right about that we've got lots to talk about tonight uh, starting with a remarkable result in the first test between India and England and it doesn't stop there we've also got an extraordinary record-breaking test match uh, between Bangladesh and West Indies in Chittagong to talk about and Pakistan v South Africa in Rawalpindi. so I mean arguably too much Tony are we going to get through it all?
0: Well, it's a good question. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll come at me with more questions uh, imminently. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's tough to remember, and you know, I've not got the best memory going. Um, but it's tough to remember a kind of more enjoyable, probably month of of test cricket and or sort of six weeks uh, of cricket, kind of in general, for just so many different reasons uh like so much variety so many great storylines some some brilliant performances uh yeah it's 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 golden days for cricket it's got it all well and and channel four as well free to
1: air tv in the uk but we're going to talk about all of that let's um let's get stuck into it i'm, fi- I'm finding it a little difficult to take you seriously toad i have to say <laughs> i can obviously see you on my screen here firstly because uh you're in what i think is like your little box room your shoe box room in your flat not not really a spare room, not big enough to have a bed in it. So it's sort of a large walk-in closet anyway. But on the on the wall behind you, um, there's a, a picture of sort of charcoal drawings of naked women.
0: <laughs> yeah, not not the product of my lockdown boredom, but uh, yeah, <laughs> some, some rather sophisticated artwork, you might say.
1: Well, it is, but uh, yeah, it's sort of it would be quite a bold background um, if you were on a, a work Zoom call or on like BBC Breakfast if you're on TV, which is kind of what it looks like to me. But also you're wearing um, quite sort of big wraparound headphones, which looks like you kind of look like a cross between a footballer rocking up on a Saturday for a game uh, and an airline pilot bringing a plane into land.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, I had to sort of dance around that artwork, cause I because I was based out of here in lockdown one and um, doing a few <laughs> video kind of recordings, video interviews with, with people in the, in the Channel Island sports sphere um yeah so i uh, it was quite a difficult room to work in because it was sort of my boxer shorts strewn over one side <laughs> uh yeah kind of semi-racy artwork over one over the other side so um yeah yeah i mean but you unfortunately, could always just you could always just take it off the wall <laughs> i mean you know, it's, it's just, an option
1: it's just for the duration of the pandemic and maybe put your boxer shorts in the wash all right well uh <laughs> let's move on from there Uh, and talk about some cricket tone. And let's start in Chennai. And the first test in a four-test series between India and England. India, of course, fresh from their historic series victory in Australia, uh, taking on an England side that got smashed 4-0 the last time they were in India in 2016. Uh, And it was a pretty remarkable game. England winning the toss, batted first, and racked up a mammoth 578 in their first innings, thanks in huge part to Joe Root continuing... His uh blistering form at the start of this year. He made 218. A couple of eighties as well, one from Don Sibley and one from Ben Stokes. India in reply were bowled out for 337 with Don Best taking four for 76. So they we're a long way behind on the first innings. England could have made them follow on, but opted not to opted to bat again. And on the fourth day, uh they made it to 178 from 46 overs, just trying to move the game along and and, and set up a Fourth innings run chase. There was some chat about whether they de- they delay. I was going to say delay the declaration. They obviously didn't declare in the end, but whether they could have perhaps declared uh, at some point, some point a bit earlier. Um, that was very much the the conversation after the fourth day. But it became a moot point on the fifth day because they bowled India out in fifty eight overs for just one hundred ninety two. Um, some resistance from Virat Cody with seventy two, but otherwise not much from India. As Jack Leach took four wickets and Jimmy Anderson. Three for 17, including the wickets of Shubman Gill and Ajinka Rahane in one quite extraordinary over. Uh, To wrap up, a huge victory for England uh, by 227 runs. Uh, To continue their winning streak away from home, what is that now? Six tests, uh, six test victories in a row away from home. So, I mean, this game tone played out very much as we expected. It was extremely one-sided, big margin of victory, one team in total command and the other... Uh, falling in a bit of a heap. Uh, but the thing is, it was it was the wrong way around. It was topsy-turvy to what we expected. It's England who've won by a huge margin. So I don't think either of us saw this coming. But can you can you put it in a bit of perspective for us, Tone? A lot of people are saying this might be one of England's greatest victories of all time. Is it? Do you go along with that? How, how good a win is this? Uh, you
0: don't want to play it down. I, mean, it's, I think it's... Certainly fair to say it 's one of england's say um, living memory england's greatest away performances i think there's probably there's an argument as to whether you know in terms of spectacles and victories and and drama and obviously it kind of wasn't really there it was it was pretty um, it, it was so convincing that can you can you compare it to say or can you, yeah it's not quite on the same level as say Karachi. But you're going back 20 years for that, you know, it's probably not quite on the same level for me as, as England's Ashes Triumph um, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, a couple of the results in there, but it's, just, it's, it's clearly the best since then by a country mile. And, and, it, and it's got to be one of England's best and most complete performances for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's. I suppose the thing is, yeah. My question was, is it one of England's greatest wins of all time? And that's that's the chat. Is is it one of England's greatest wins of all time? And I mean, it's um, it's a great hedge, isn't it? One of in the end, I do this all the time, <laughs> you know, both talking about cricket on the podcast and just with other things, generally in life. That's <laughs> one of the best meals I've ever had. That's one of the best films I've ever seen. One of how many, you know? <laughs> it's, well, exactly. It, it's like what? Yeah. Does that mean one of the two or three best or one of the 250 best? Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's certainly the most recent <laughs> England victory away from home. I mean, I think it's up there. If only by virtue, yeah, firstly, as you say, um, the performers, if only by virtue of its improbability, you know, it's, it's up against, they were up against a team that has only lost one test at home in the last eight years, um, and won something 130 plus um, in that time and they were coming into this as I say on fire after winning in Australia but it's also as you point out it's it's the performance it's because this wasn't a fluke or something you can explain away or say they got a bit lucky or even that it was close and they just edged it they absolutely crushed India here and it was it was a complete team performance so whether it is quote-unquote one of their best wins of all time is perhaps debatable, as you say. There are lots. There are other examples that spring to mind, like um, the win in Australia ten years ago, even the win in India in 2012. You know, has very quickly been forgotten about. But those two wins there in Mumbai and Kolkata were two of England's best performances. You know, away from home that I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I meant to mention. So it. it's maybe it's possibly a moot point. But I think it's you know, if you want to rank it, I think it's certainly top ten of this century, maybe top five. But it's, you know, bottom line. It's an incredibly impressive win and a very satisfying one as well for England fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to be a naysayer. I mean, uh, f- there was so so much to enjoy. Uh, some phenomenal performances, as you say, kind of pretty much top to bottom. I, I suppose I'm always kind of uh, kind of put off or or you know turned off by by people kind of lavishing too much praise too quickly on stuff at the end of the day it is the first test of a four match series England could end up losing 3-1 at at which point is it you know at which it it, it almost becomes uh, yeah it would be it would be be undone somewhat yeah Yeah. exactly but that's also being a bit negative clearly You know, England have won it up in a in a a series that's going to come thick and fast. Uh, You know, the the confidence will be there. You know, who knows? The sky's the limit at this point. But, um, but yeah, certainly, certainly where it figures in the series, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of work to do. But yeah, I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah, we should possibly, um, you know, withhold any kind of finality of judgment until the end of the series. Obviously, India um, got obliterated in the first test of the series in Australia, uh, and, and came back to win that. So there is a long way to go, but it was, it wasn't just that England kind of, um, snuck a win here or, or even just, you know, you know, engineered a win. Um, they, they, as I say, they absolutely, uh, tore India to shreds really, it, you know, they were just so, so dominant and it was, it was a complete team performance, but there were some standout individual performances, um, largely from england's senior players i mean so let's shall we start with jimmy anderson because he's you know he's obviously sort of um uh captured the headlines on the final day um producing a spell of three four seven in six overs including a truly extraordinary over where as i mentioned he mo- he removed Shriman gill and ajinka rahane with kind of heat seeking in swingers I mean, that was quite some overtone. It's been compared already to um, Flintoff's over to Langer and Ponting in, in 2005. Um, it, it was pretty remarkable stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sorry I didn't see it live, I have to say. Uh, yeah. Sleeping, snoozing, so s- step, step through flat out. Of, but yeah, certainly watching it back, I mean, just, just delicious deliveries that you, you couldn't ask much more from. Um, yeah had everything aesthetically pleasing um you know c- clearly kind of vital in the context or certainly very important in the context in terms of uh you know removing a set batsman and then a, and then a you know one of India's kind of uh, litany of stars so yeah uh yeah it was phenomenal phenomenal stuff and and the, the context of, of you know anderson and and kind of where he is in his career and and where he's still going it's kind of it's astonishing. Yeah, well, arguably
1: still getting better in some respects. I mean, uh, you know, talking about that or the comparisons to that um, Flintoff over again, I don't. I don't want to sort of. I don't want to be negative or you know say to people, you know, that thing that you enjoyed today, it was rubbish. Um, But yeah, like for me, it you know perhaps didn't quite have the magic of that Flintoff moment. A because nothing ever will have the magic of two thousand five for me personally, but also. Uh, because England were so far ahead of the game here, as you say, it was it was a very important moment. But you, you still, at that point, thought that England were going to win. Um, whereas Flintoff in two thousand five, it really did change the game. It felt like the game was heading towards Australia at that point. It didn't really feel quite like that here, so it's not. It wasn't quite the same. Didn't have quite the same context for me. But just in terms of the actual bowling, it's certainly not far off far off that, or, or far off one of the best um overs you'll ever see
0: i mean yeah i, I, and I think sorry just, so just and also in the absence of a crowd as well it's obviously as a as a moment it, it changes the the energy of it mm. comprehensively but um yeah you know so it's difficult to compare i think with with that flint off over because you know for what the yeah. reasons you've just laid out but also the spectacle of the scene uh and also Flintoff off
1: is bowling really fast and, and, yeah. and that that's something slightly different to what Anderson was. Anderson was doing something incredibly skillful, um, but Flintoff, you know, that over had the kind of raw energy to it that perhaps um, this one didn't have. So, and that's say, that nothing like that will ever be replicated. But it's, this is not far off in terms of the you know the the as a sort of genius bit of bowling. I mean, I was astonished to discover today um, from uh, social media that some Indian fans still refer to anderson as clouderson which isn't a great
0: it's
1: a, a great i was gonna say nickname but you know whatever you want to call it insult but you know the idea being that he he only bowls well when it's cloudy that he's a, a home track bully or a green track bully he can only do it in home conditions which is just incredibly wrong i mean like 10 or 11 years ago maybe that was true but that's a long time ago. It hasn't been true for a very long time. It's a bit like saying, "Ah, oh, Steve Smith, yeah, I don't really rate him. He's quite an average leg spinner. You know, going back 10 years um, to that uh, uh, England win in Australia that you've already mentioned, Anderson was an incredibly key performer there. When England won in India in 2012, Emma Stoney said after that series that Anderson was the difference between the teams. I mean, of course, he's still got a better record at home than he does away. Quite a significantly better record, but that's partly because he has such a good record at home. And it's also true of most cricketers that they have a better record at home than away. Um, so he averages 23 with the ball at home, but still 31 away, which is not necessarily world class, but it's still very respectable. Um, and is also improving. And it also like that number doesn't reveal the kind of match winning performances that are, that are bound up there. So, yeah, it's just not true. And, uh, you know, he kind of um, reinforced that, underlined that again today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just what he's doing at the moment, you know, even over the last few weeks, uh, you know, the, the the figures he returned in Sri Lanka in terms of, uh, yeah, you know, it's not, obviously that wasn't against a, a classic Sri Lanka team, but just the economy rate, the, 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 the role he's playing in the side at the moment still is... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's utterly remarkable. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of chat over the weekend about Tom Brady in the NFL. What's he, 43? Uh, and obviously there's now won seven Super Bowls. And I'm no NFL expert, um, but that's pretty good, I guess. Uh, but, but, yeah, you know, we're sort of, we're in that ballpark in terms of kind of influencing uh, a sport kind of, yeah, beyond the time when you really should be. Yeah in 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 a not in like in in a kind of novelty way but in a kind of yeah like center of the action kind of way it's uh yeah it's pretty insane
1: you know like Federer.
0: yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean there are there are certainly a few around aren't there now and clearly we're living in a different era to to previously in terms of of how players are able to to keep going at such a high level in in various sports and you know there, there are lots of reasons for that but yeah, there aren't many around like James Anderson. You know, they're, they're, they are still unique within their sports. These these guys. And yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Women. There's obviously some sports where you can carry on longer, like golf, snooker. Uh, <laughs> it kind of tickles me that I did watch quite a bit of the World Championship snooker last summer, and you know, it's it's still a lot of the same guys that were at the top when I was watching the World Championship snooker, aged about ten. Um, you know they've just been around forever you know John Higgins and Mark Williams and Ronnie O'Sullivan were all playing snooker when I was watching it in like 1993 Um, (laughs) uh, but obviously that's a very different kind of sport some people would say it's not even a sport to um, you know to something more kind of kinetic like football or rugby or tennis or cricket so um, yeah it's he's kind of uh, defying gravity really James Anderson isn't he and, and another uh, remarkable performance here he wasn't actually the leading wicket taker in that innings though uh, Jack Leach finished with four wickets uh, and I was really pleased for him because he got absolutely clattered by Rishabh Pant in the first innings. I think he was going along at about 10 and over at one point point. Um, and you know w- was starting to get a bit uncomfortable almost or a bit sort of worried for him but he came back really well in the rest of that innings and then in the second innings as they picked up four wickets bowled a, a terrific delivery to get rid of Rohit Sharma on the fourth evening and he and he uh, uh, nabbed Pajara as well, so yeah, really, really pleased for Leach.
0: It's a sort of classic example of why, uh, even as someone, well, speaking as someone who's yeah, slightly addicted to Twitter, like you are, yeah, like this Test match was the perfect example of why you really shouldn't follow any cricket <laughs> chat on Twitter during a Test match. Yeah, it's just it's people saying one thing, uh, like bashing people or praising, and then literally a few breaths later or a day later they're like wow great response to the the critics there it's just like god's sake just let the bloody match play out like
1: yeah i know i've like i've I've massively gone off twitter i mean i still i'm addicted to it but but i don't actually know what i want anymore it's the same with all social media really i think i've said this to you before but i don't know what i want out of my facebook news feed because absolutely everything annoys me (laughs) 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 everything that everyone posts is annoying
0: I don't know if you just watched the match and enjoyed it, and then and then made your comments at the end. Yeah, you know. well, just everyone's and kind of like, like,
1: everyone's sort of pitching for the the best, like pithiest, kookiest, or, or funniest, or whatever. You know, every, you can just sort of see everyone like crafting their tweet. And I've been guilty of that as well in the past, and I just I'm out. I'm not. I'm. I don't want to do it anymore. So follow us on Twitter at cricket show, <laughs> and you'll get like one tweet a month announcing a new episode
0: <laughs> well that's it i mean we do, i just can't compete with that so i don't bother you know well <laughs> I'm not ready for the fight uh anyway
1: clearly there was only one candidate though for man of the match i assume he was man of the match <laughs> i should probably check that yes uh and that yeah. was joe root um with that uh magnificent double hundred he, he's such a fantastic player of spin tone isn't he and he It's great to watch, and he he makes it look so easy, with those kind of sweeps and paddles and just using his feet. Um, It's very enjoyable to watch, (laughs) certainly as an England fan. He now has 684 runs in 2021, uh, and it's the 9th of February. Um, So he only needs to average around 30 for the remainder of the year, and he would break Mohammed Youssef's record for most runs in a calendar year. Mohamed Youssef, in 2006, scored 1,788 runs. And so Root uh, is very much on track for that, as I say, would not even need to do very much for the rest of the year. And we'll break that, obviously, partly because England are playing so many tests this year, but it does underline what an extraordinary start he has made to the year, two double hundreds and another big hundred as well. It was a great inning. I mean, I don't know if you want to chip in at this point on the innings, but something (laughs) something that, again, I kind of saw on Twitter, but also was talked about in the commentary box, was this idea that, like, Root has sort of proved the point or that, you know... It's like the sort of critics of Root need to um, have, have been sort of put in their place. I don't know. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's sort of an idea that it's like, oh, well he's, he's reminded everyone that actually he is a great player. But like, I don't think anyone ever forgot that he was a great player. But it just it, it wasn't it wasn't untrue to say that he was going through a dip in form. So from 2018 through 2020, he averaged 39 in test cricket in 33 matches. I mean, that's a third of his test career he was averaging 39 so he had lost his way a little bit and he still does have that conversion problem you know this was his 20th test 100 and he's got what 49.50. so it really does leap out at you especially compared to his sort of contemporaries or the guys who should be his contemporaries in, in Cody Smith and, and Williamson so it I, as I say I don't think that it was wrong to say that he was you know uh, struggling a little bit it's not that he's sort of proved people wrong here, but it is just fantastic to see him come back and perform this well over these three matches because he is, when he plays like that, he's, you know, he's unstoppable. He's one of the absolute best players in the world.
0: But yeah, there's, there's no doubt that he had dropped off somewhat uh, from what was a pretty high level, obviously. Uh, you know, a level that put him amongst the best In the world, uh, you know, at a a time or over the last few years, when those little batch of players at the very top of of, you know of the Test batting standings, you know, they'll be considered amongst the best players of all time. Yeah, he he had dropped off slightly. He was going through a bit of a lean spell, and uh, that's obviously not the case right now, which is just wonderful to see. I don't think you know no one's more pleased to see him scoring these runs than me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe (laughs) himself, his parents. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no I know, it's just awesome to see, and yeah, I, I, I agree with what you just said. I think as well, like, and it's another. Well, I'll gloss over it quickly, but another social media issue. It's just this, like, you know, people saying like we're witnessing greatness. Yeah. This, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, it's an absolutely phenomenal innings, but once again, you know, he, he, he scored a bunch of you know, a big stack of runs in Sri Lanka against a you know a, a, a mediocre Sri Lanka side. Not not taking anything or too much away from that, and he's done it again here, which is absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, I just I don't think I don't think he needs that. I don't think anyone needs the kind of the you know, everyone to appoint him like an all-time great right now. I just
1: Well, yeah, and also it, as brilliant as they've been, it is it is three innings. As you, say, it's, it, as you say, it's not to take anything away from him at all. But everyone could just maybe take a breath and uh, and absolutely enjoy it. But it, we just don't enjoy to, the moment. We don't yeah. need to rush to declare him. The goat, um, uh, because he isn't, but you know, at least not yet. He certainly needs to maintain this form for a longer period if he is going to go down with you know, going to go down alongside your Smiths and your Williamsons. Yeah, he's he's made certainly made a good start to the year, and it's really pleasing to see no one is more pleased than the two of us.
0: <laughs> and, you, and you know, as well, like, uh, obviously, he's he's a great A. you know, he's just just turned 30, so you know, the next few years, obviously you know, should be his his peak years in terms of knowing his game knowing the game of cricket um experience uh, everything but also what's 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 wonderful as well is that yeah it it, it is quite an exciting time for England generally uh, as a test team you know we we for a few years have been always well, been sort of two steps forward one and a half steps back and it's it's been a bit all over the place but there is just this kind of there's a seed of a, well, more than a seed now. There's a little, there's a little bush developing. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> a, a little sapling, sapling
0: of, yeah. a, of a really good team. And, you know, for him now leading this team very well, he's, his form is improving. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's possibly still early days. There's a big, there's three tests to go in India. There's the ashes down under to come this year. Uh, uh, yeah, it could be, it could be an absolutely enormous year for him in England.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. It does have the the makings of a good team and it's a team I want to get behind and it one of the reasons I like it is cuz it's a sort of logical team. It feels like a logical team to me. It feels like a you know, they've actually picked some openers who want to, you know, he want to dig in and bat long rather than, you know, Jason Roy and trying to bat Moeen Alley at 3 or whatever. Like it just feels like a proper test team and I like that. And as you say it 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 is his Team and there's no doubt that his captaincy has improved and he's really grown into it over the last couple of years. um For all that his his batting was dipping, um and he had a really good game here as a captain. I think. I mean, uh, so I mentioned this earlier, but there was a lot of talk on that fourth day about England delaying the declaration on the fact they didn't declare. Certainly earned some earned some scorn from Warren and Vaughan. They might have been wrong about that, Warn and Vaughan, <laughs> given that England did go on to win. Yeah, I, I, this comes up again and again and again, doesn't it? It was, all, it was one of the real kind of bugbears for Ian Botham, th- this idea that it, basically England didn't beat the West Indies in Antigua <laughs> in 2009 because Strauss delayed the declaration too long and West Indies finished nine down. And ever since then, every time they're in this situation, it gets referenced or, you know, they, they always leave it too long. Like, they could have been right this time. It could well have been. That it, that Root misjudged it, and that India did you know it, it might have happened that India batted all day on the fifth day and finished seven wickets down or something, and England would have thought oh, if only we'd declared ten overs earlier, but I do just wish that the commentators would at least allow for the fact that like it is a difficult decision, and there is a reason to keep on batting you know it if you take the time out of the game if you which England did and remove any chance of India winning, that does make a difference psychologically to both teams it. It, you know perhaps some of the motivation might go out of India it also enables England to stay on the attack and have attacking fields and not worry that they might be leaving the door open for India to win that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do but I do just wish that you know your and your would at least sort of acknowledge the fact that it's perfectly um, reasonable to do that they just think it's the wrong tactic but they're just so kind of like baffled and um you know sort of borderline angry
0: yeah there's the, the number of factors at, at play are many yeah you know obviously india have just come off the back of uh, an unbelievable fourth innings chase in australia um yeah in home conditions with a batting lineup that it, it, you know has a real nice mix of, of of diggers and well they have the opposite is the diggers yeah, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, exactly. With the patience to, to, to stick it out until the end, potentially, and, and the kind of firepower to, to accelerate if needed. So, yeah, it was clearly the right decision in the end, or it was played to perfection. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, they I guess, won the game. <laughs> exactly. I guess the, the, the was, there was an the element of that, that passage of play uh, as England's second innings kind of limped to a finish. It, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best. Kind of hour of cricket or forty-five minutes of cricket, so Don best just padding away, and yeah, it was a bit scrappy. You know, it, uh, you know, the people were were possibly, understandably, a little bit, uh, you, know, d- d- you know, mildly disappointed at the time that England hadn't kind of carried the momentum into the fourth innings in in a way that maybe they looked like they might have.
1: Yeah, but I, I think I think that's it, though. I think that basically they were bored. Um, like you know, because it wasn't the best spectacle, and it it is a bit of a problem in cricket. There's not really much you can do about it. But I've I've heard Nasser make this point a few times that, and I agree that um, it's it's one of the only one of the only sort of scenarios in Test cricket that is just quite boring is is that setting a target in the third innings of the game um, when one team is a long way ahead after first innings, and they you know inevitably they are going to set a target it's going to be around about that 400 mark, whatever it might be. But it's just a bit of a, it's a kind of going through the motions. It's a bit of a slog to get to that point. Um, so it's not the most exciting passage in Test cricket because you just want to get into that fourth innings and see what happens. Um, so it's a bit sort of frustrating as a viewer. But that's not Joe Root's fault or the England team's fault. Uh, and so, yeah, the, com- the commentators or, you know, your Warns and your warns are, are basically just going like, oh, just, just f***ing declare. But it's like, <laughs> from, from Joe Root's point of view, he wants to make sure he wins the game and he doesn't really care at that point whether you're sort of super entertained or not. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously the right decision because they won the game. Um, but it could have been the wrong decision. But I I do just wish that in the, in the discourse about it, it was sort of like there was some uh, acknowledgement of the fact that it is quite complicated it's not it's not as straightforward as just well just declare you know you just declare because you know as we're going to talk about in a bit literally on that day West Indies chased down 395 it's you know those sorts of targets are not always out of reach in test cricket anymore maybe on that pitch in Chennai it was but
0: yeah it's it's not as straightforward as uh as Shane and Michael would have you believe yeah quite and, and you know Joe Rea in the in his post match comments said you know he, he had spent more time on that pitch than anyone else uh, in the test match and yeah, that was what he felt and uh, the fact that England wrapped up victory so comprehensively you know, bears him out yeah.
1: What about India then? How, how do you think they will reflect on this game? After the, uh, after the ecstasy of their result in Australia they're back down to earth with a bit of a bump um, will they write this off as a, you know, as a bit of a hangover or, or do you think they have reasons to be worried for the rest of the series?
0: Yeah, clearly they they're a team that expects to win when they play at home and and you know and it expects to be at the very top of, of of the game. So yeah, you know undoubtedly they'll be very disappointed, won't they? But I don't know, three more tests to go. I think it's it's it could you know it could still go either way. I don't think it changes a huge amount about the balance of the sides, does it? Um, you could argue they, they were a little bit unfortunate in a in a couple of moments. Um yeah, a couple of the catches that that England um that England took were, were fortunate, you know, one coming off Pope's shoulder. Yeah. So yeah, you know, the obviously it was a very comprehensive win, but they'll feel well in the series still, you know, there's there's a long way to go.
1: Yeah, obviously they lost the toss here as well and if they win the toss um in the next one and, and back first they'll still be backing themselves to post a big title and put England under pressure. So yeah, I I don't think it's um I don't think there's any reason for uh, panic stations for India at all, um, but they will be perhaps yeah just mildly concerned by the the scale of the defeat and the the fact they were so comprehensively outplayed because that they just wouldn't have been expecting England to be capable of that in you know in in their own conditions I wouldn't have thought and there wasn't like do you remember we used to talk about there was. Um, there was a. Sh- there used to be a show on Indian TV. It may still exist. I don't know. But there, certainly, ten, twelve years ago, it did. A show called "Who Is to Blame" that would come out. You know, whenever India lost a test match, this this program would come on. Who is to blame? And they, you know, they they try and uh, pinpoint who was at fault for the defeat. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that is still on. But I do- I I don't think you can blame any one person because they were just the whole the whole performance they were just miles behind weren't they? there was no no one really had a particularly good game well maybe ashwin i suppose did take wickets in in the second innings but aside from that there's no one that you think like well they had a really good game um and were just let down by their teammates just you know they they were just a long long way away but yeah still three tests to play i still think they're going to be confident of winning the series from here and it it, it's set up beautifully isn't it but my my prediction, my pre-series prediction, we obviously didn't do a pod pre-series, but it would have been 3-1 to India. So that is still possible, still very possible. Um, you know, surely India will play better at some point. We, we saw no runs or hardly any runs in this game from that kind of engine room of Pajara, Cody, Rahani. You've got to imagine there's going to be runs coming from there at some point, so... As I say, I think they'll still fancy their chances. But what, what do you think, Ted? How do you how do you see the rest of the series playing out from here?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, you know, Coley was batting very, very well in, until he got out <laughs> uh, in that in that second innings. You know, what, what did he make? Seventy two off hundred and four. Got a ball from Stokes, which which didn't get up much. um So it's yeah, you know, probably a touch unfortunate there. Uh, so yeah. I, Clearly, they're going to be very dangerous. I think the flip side for England is that you know Root in this kind of form is a phenomenal. That's a phenomenal platform to to build a winning, uh, you know, a series winning team around. I'm just going to give you some names here: Ben Stokes at the top of the order. You know, Bert Burns didn't do an awful lot here, but you know, clearly someone who's 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 looked the part. You know, in um, in the last year or so for England, Sibley. You know, there's. The, the building blocks of the for england to to do better perhaps than we than we thought maybe a couple of weeks ago before they've started winning
1: well aside from the result i mean the the most noteworthy thing about this game is the fact that it was on free to air tv in the uk uh back on channel four so it's the first test on free to air in the uk for 16 years since it left channel four after the 2005 ashes i mean
0: that is just like intoxicating really <laughs> what, is I felt, I felt lightheaded after watching it um <laughs> but yeah they've been they've been finishing the, the 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 output with um with a montage of the day's play set to madman number five a little bit of jessica in my life what have you made of the coverage oh, it's fine isn't it i mean the the, the coverage itself you know the studio setup. the you know obviously sir cookie in there uh yeah you know it is what it is isn't it they, they've they've obviously sort of put it together very short notice um and, and clearly yeah the the coverage they're taking from india uh from you know from the india broadcaster yeah it, it's, it's a pretty wonderful thing is it's a real kind of unexpected bonus to to see a yeah to see a, what is it you know what is a pretty massive series and you know the huge series um yeah on on free to air is is pretty awesome i mean well, especially in lockdown when you know that so many people are at home. And yeah.
1: Be able to watch it.
0: And I think the viewership, um yeah, it's been sort of peaking at one and a half million, one point eight million. half million, 1.8 million, I think according to channel four, um, which is, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. And that would be many more um, eyeballs than would be on it if it was on sky, uh, as good as the coverage is on sky. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a pretty awesome thing. I wonder, I did, I've, you know, I've read a couple of articles today. You know, Talking about, the potential impact it's i think it's pretty hard to gauge you know if, if you're a, a say a, a sort of sub casual cricket fan or you've never come to you've never seen the sport before you never watched it on TV as wonderful as a lot of the performances were to to die hard cricket fans or, or you know or, or interested parties is don best padding it away <laughs> is that going to you know people are going to be i don't know that, i think I think possibly the impact might, yeah, you know, will be overstated by people slightly.
1: Yeah, well, it, it won't be the same as like the fact, that, you know, when the the twenty nineteen World Cup final was on. Yeah, exactly. On Channel Four. Uh, yeah, that is just a much easier, much more accessible thing, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, and that we've always known that, that that the shorter formats are the accessible formats. I wouldn't be too disheartened if the viewing figures aren't that amazing. I mean, it sounds like they're pretty decent, but you know, because I, I think. Well, I don't know if "disarm" might be the wrong word, but I I don't think we should set too much store by it. In the sense that I don't, I don't think we can. I don't think it can be like the be-all and end-all. Just having this one series on Channel Four. I don't think that's enough. It it has to be a gradual process, doesn't it? People aren't. It's probably a stretch or um, unrealistic to think that someone will just flick on Channel Four, watch ten minutes of Test cricket, and be hooked for life. Like that's just not really how it works. It needs to be just like part of the kind of national culture, the national conversation. And that's what happens when it's on television that people can watch. Whereas when it's on Sky, it's only people who are already into it who are going to seek it out. So yeah, it can't just be one series. It needs to be an ongoing thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean that every match and every series has to be on free to air. They need to figure out a way of getting certain key events, certain key matches, key series, whether it's, you know, a couple of tests a summer or something like that, that's, that's shared between channel four and sky. Um, that it just becomes a kind of rolling thing that cricket is back in the, uh, back on people's horizons in a way that it hasn't been for 15 years. Um, I don't think one series is going to do it. You know, one series of, of, um, where it, the coverage starts at four in the morning and stops at 11. Like that, that's not going to be enough, is it? But it's a great start. And I do find it genuinely, um, exciting that it's happening i mean the coverage itself as you say you you can't fault it because they put it together so quickly but it isn't a patch on skies is it but then yeah it it never could be i do think they need a third person in the studio cookie's having to do a lot of work isn't he (laughs) a lot of heavy lifting um i also think that they need to stop reading out tweets like i i don't I don't care about what people are saying on Twitter. I suppose you could possibly level You're this criticism anyways, at so. our podcast. But, yeah, you know, if I want to know what people are saying on Twitter, I'll look at Twitter, which I am. Um, so, yeah, don't tell me what people are saying on Twitter. Just just get Alistair Cook to to give another kind of panicked opinion. And also... <laughs> yeah, <quite.
0: laughs> he comes out with some great turns of phrase as well, by the yeah. way. He does, actually, yeah. What did he say this morning about, so like, a, a blind squirrel finds, still <laughs> yeah. finds the nut or something? I,
1: I had the subtitles on at that point, because <laughs> I, was, I, I was giving Teddy a bottle, <laughs> and I just looked up at the screen, and obviously, because it's live, the subtitles are, like, about 10 seconds behind, and I kind of looked up <laughs> and just written on the screen was even a blind squirrel finds a nut. And I was like, what? <laughs> I suddenly turned on spring watch or something. It's very strange. Yeah, it's cracking. Um, but yeah, I, I also think, uh, I, I do think that Atherton and Hussain are a big miss. I feel like it, it should be a rule that Atherton and Hussain have to commentate on every game of cricket being played anywhere in the world. Uh, he's finding Nick Knight. I don't mind Nick Knight these days I've grown rather fond of Nick Knight I do find the Indian some of the Indian commentary a little tiresome I think I I, I said to you that um, I was watching a bit where in the middle of Pants innings kind of cameo in the first innings we just played a forward defensive and, and one of the commentators went oh brilliant from Rishabh. it's like I mean, I, I do get really frustrated with it. You know, commentators are guilty of it all over the world, certainly in England. Um, you know, the, the kind of like Stokes root loving that you get from a lot of English commentators. Um, I find annoying. I'm sure uh, people from other countries must find that really annoying. It certainly happens in Australia. But in the case of the Indian commentators, I, I haven't actually seen them because they obviously cut back, as we say, to, to Cookie in the studio. But apparently, they're, <laughs> apparently they're wearing team india branded clothing the commentators so yeah it's when they're actually on the payroll it's maybe a little uh, it's even harder to stomach i think that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah interesting Cianine. i think i think you make a good point about about it you know it, it's only a start isn't it? And it it's got to be it's got to be There's got to be some consistency to it and as you say to, to make it as part of the national conversation but but you know if it there is sort of promising signs on the fact that the, the 2019 world cup final went to channel 4 was 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 amazing at the time and and, and clearly as an occasion it it delivered in uh, a a ludicrous way um and then you've got this and obviously bbc are going to be showing the hundred which you know is is yeah you know, clearly very divisive to to long-time cricket fans but it's it's something at least whether you know whether the, in, the intentions are right. I don't know, but um yeah, there are some there are some promising signs there, and the fact that I think I'm right saying obviously Channel Four have got the four test series, but also the five T20s and the ODIs afterwards as well. So yeah, there's going to be cricket on on Channel Four for the next you know six weeks at least. Yeah, it's quite it's, it's a decent amount of time. We're not talking about like a two test series in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: All right, well, well, we're rabbiting on a bit here, Tone. Um, So let's move on and let's cross over to Chittagong, uh, where... A truly extraordinary test match took place this week between the home side Bangladesh and West Indies. Uh, The first test of their two-test series, Bangladesh making 430 in the first innings with a a maiden test 100 from Mehdi Hassan Miraz. Uh, So that was an imposing first-inning score and it looked even more imposing when West Indies were bowled out in their reply for 259 with Mehdi Hassan taking four wickets. Bangladesh then declared on 223 for eight in the third innings of the game with the captain, Mominal Haq making a century. And that set West Indies uh, an extremely imposing target of 395. And it looked a very, very long way away when they were 59 for three. But then a partnership between Nkrumah Bonner, uh, debutant from Jamaica, and Kyle Mayers, debutant from Barbados uh, they put on 216 for the fourth wicket before Bonner was removed by Tigel Islam with the score on 275 so still a ways away from the target but Kyle Mayers kept going and he was joined by Joshua De Silva for another excellent partnership that meant against all the odds West Indies got to that target of 395 with three wickets remaining Mayers finished unbeaten on 210, a double hundred in the fourth innings on debut. So this was, Tone, the biggest ever successful run chase in Asia uh, and the fifth biggest successful run chase anywhere. So how about it? I mean, after, after India's record-breaking win in Brisbane the other week, uh, we've now had this, two of the best test matches you'll ever see, or certainly two of the best fourth innings run chases you'll ever see. In the space of a couple of weeks, as you said earlier, cricket is on fire.
0: This is absolutely astonishing, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Mayer's innings right there, it it must be up there with... Well, to to put it into your words, it's one of the great test innings, surely. Impossible to predict that. Uh, You know, I know, obviously, he he came in as a a debutant. Yeah, he had a bit of first-class form behind him. Um, and I don't know, you know, reading some of the uh, you know, Caribbean cricket observers, um, you know, it, it's not a surprise that he's cut out or that he's got it, you know, got the, the equipment for, uh, or he's got the game for... Uh, he's got the equipment, basically. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got a bat, he's got an arm guard, <laughs> he's got a box. <laughs> he's got the game for Test cricket, but, I mean, yeah, exactly. You couldn't have expected that, you know, the context of the the, the team, the fact that... What was it about eleven first choice regulars for ten first choice regulars uh had opted not to to travel for the series so you had what three or four three debutants yeah just 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 a wonderful story and and just an astonishing knock isn't it well he finished two hundred and ten uh seven sixes along there i suppose bonner you know shouldn't forget who faced two hundred and forty five bulls alongside him um yeah in the face of obviously a, you know a, a uh, is it a cliché to call them an ever-improving Bangladesh side um, with some serious weapons? So yeah, astonishing.
1: Well, yeah, I suppose because yeah, on the face of it, like some people, if they are <laughs> if they are just tuning back into Channel Four or you know maybe haven't paid sort of super close <laughs> attention to Test cricket over the last ten years, yeah, you might think, oh well, it's it's Bangladesh, but but actually, you know, while you know. Comparing it to that India win at Brisbane, what, you know, winning in Bangladesh isn't quite like winning Australia in terms of um, difficulty, improbability. But it is a very tough place to go. And both England and Australia have come a cropper there in recent years. West Indies lost 2-0 on their last trip a couple of years ago, and that was with a full-strength team. As you say, they were missing a, a raft of key players for a variety of reasons, including the captain, Jason Holder, also Darren Bravo, Shimron Hetmeyer, Shamar Brooks, Roston Chase, Shane Dowrich... Three to five in the batting order were all debutants. Joshua De Silva, the wicketkeeper, was playing his second test, so this is a very inexperienced team versus Bangladesh, who actually have some of the most experienced cricketers in the world. Um, you know, it, looking at that team, Tami Mikbal, Mushfiqur Rahim has been around since two thousand and five. I think he made his debut. Uh, Shakib Al hassan was playing this game too. Yeah, it, it is actually a very experienced Bangladesh team, and then West Indies you know even when they are at full strength they don't win away from home very much at all um so barring zimbabwe and afghanistan they haven't won a series away from home since they toured bangladesh eight years ago when bangladesh weren't as good as they are now so if you don't include afghanistan zimbabwe or bangladesh you've got to go back to february 1995 for the last time west indies won a series away from home against anyone else that was against new zealand so if they do win this series it will be an extremely rare thing um And then also, you know, they were actually a long, long way behind in this game as well. A lot of people are saying, you know, that this might be one of West Indies' best test victories ever. Again, it's that that, the key thing they're being one of. I I checked it out. It's their 176th victory in test. But I I think it must be one of the best, um, just in terms of all of that context, all of those um, disadvantages that they had in terms of players missing and stuff, the unlikelihood of it means that it, it has to be up there, I think.
0: Yeah, it just has to be, doesn't it? And I watched watch the highlights of, of Mayers' innings, and you know, it, you know, there, were, there were a few streaky moments, but yeah, it's clearly an astonishing effort. Um, and what, what's quite nice, you know, obviously, these debutants, they're not kids. These are uh, mm. uh, slightly more experienced players at, at, say, a domestic level, you know, sort of 26, 27, 28. Um, yeah, Mayors
1: is 28, Bonner's 32, I think.
0: Yeah. So that's just really nice, you know, as, as nice as it is to see, a, you know, a, an 18 year old, a 19 year old, a 20 year old come in and, and, you know, play a, a match winning, put in a match winning performance, you know, for a, for a whole batch of, of internationally inexperienced players, but, but you know, but players who have, have been around for a while. So to get that kind of reward is, um, is awesome. And obviously, a, you know, a special moment for Barbados, uh, Ezra Mosey dying you know, over the last few days and and for a, a Barbadian in Mayers to, to come through and produce that is um yeah, it's pretty rousing.
1: It was, as you say, just a staggering innings, um and a staggering achievement. The the list of players who've made double hundreds in successful fourth innings run chases goes Gordon Greenwich in nineteen eighty four, Kyle Mayers on Sunday and that's it. Gordon Greenwich, another Bayesian, of course. Although, astonishingly, Tone, it is not even the biggest score by a debutant in Chittagong. Jacques Rudolph made 222 not out in 2003. So um, there's always a stat in cricket, isn't there? But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to have this conversation, but where where does it rank? You know, you mentioned, it, like, is it one of the great test innings of all time? It, it, we've obviously talked about Ben Stokes at Headingley, Kusal Pereira a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's quite up there with those in terms of either the quality of the attack or the context, if only because it was em- the ground was empty. You know, It does maybe take something, or will take something away when people look back in, in years to come. But then given it was on debut, it, it probably has to be up there, doesn't it? It's hard. I- A yeah,
0: match situation, yeah, well, as you say, they, the, the target was 395. He came to the crease. Um, with West Indies fifty nine for three, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you talk about uh, obviously, yeah, Mayers here, Stokes, Pereira, all fourth innings chases, and there are, there is a unique set of of challenges. Obviously, that you know that, that face a batsman in that situation, particularly when you know defeat is is much closer than victory. And, and th- those those kind of innings obviously really capture the imagination. But it, I don't know. You, it, just to play devil's advocate, you know, are these innings where really there's only one option, and it is to to kind of play with with some boldness and hmm. and take a few chances, as, as you know, as, as these all those three innings all kind of demonstrated, or is it the first innings century where facing fresh bowlers with a new ball, and I, I don't know, you know. So we we always remember the fourth innings traces.
1: Yeah, that's no, a good point. I, I suppose you know, in most cases, uh, batting conditions are easier in the first innings than they are in the fourth innings. But yeah, I suppose uh, mentally, uh, it's probably mentally a bit more straightforward in the fourth innings that you know what you've got to do. It is probably just as you say that they tend to be the memorable ones. They they tend to be the ones that that stick out because they quite literally won the game whereas the the, yeah. ma- the match-winning knock in the first things well it might have been match-winning but a whole lot more cricket had to be played after that um in order to kind of uh carry it through um, yeah i
0: suppose i mean yeah, just compare like joe roots to what did he make 218 mm-hmm. um to, to that i don't know yeah just it's just a it's a conversation
1: stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> breaker like, really isn't it it's nice yeah, exactly
0: we should uh we should start, we should kind of, I don't know, create a World Cricket Show range of crackers with the <laughs> little conversation starters in for next Christmas. Um,
1: all right, well, well played West Indies anyway. Uh, just an a absolutely um, marvellous yeah. win. Um, and, uh, and as you say, Tane, just some really great test cricket happening at the moment. Um, well, well, finally then, um, let's also just quickly mention uh, Pakistan's series victory over South Africa Um, They won the first test in Karachi by seven wickets. It was a bit of a fluctuating game, that one. Um, South Africa were well in it, um, having made 220 in their first innings when they had Pakistan 27 for four and then 176 for six uh, in their reply. But Pakistan eventually took quite a big first innings lead um, and uh, only set a target of 88 uh, to chase. Uh, And then the second test, again... South Africa were well in the game at various points, including in the fourth innings, chasing 370, another mammoth target. But they were uh, 241 for three with Aidan Markram making a century in Temba Bavuma, 61 not out. But they lost their last seven wickets for 33 runs to be bowled out for 274. So Pakistan wrapping up the series with a 95-run victory. Did you watch much of this thing? I watched a huge amount of the first test. Obviously, as you mentioned, we're in lockdown. It's quite nice to have all this test cricket on. Less so the second test, only because uh, India England was on at the same time. But, um, you know, it, but it is on TV in the UK. It's, it's on Sky and it's, uh, yeah, I've, 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 I thought it was an enjoyable series.
0: Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. I, you know, it was, it, was, it was awesome to see Fawad Alam um, scoring that century in the first test. Uh, on his home ground, 35 years old. He's only played nine tests uh, and, you know, as, as a very, very decent, very, very decent first-class average. So, you know, it's sort of a player who's kind of somewhat gone to waste, really, mm. um, for Pakistan. Uh, so that was a pretty special moment. And then Nauman Ali uh, at 34 on debut taking, uh, taking a for as well. I thought it was awesome. At
1: 34 going on
0: at, for, at my age
1: going on 49 <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. he looked a lot older than 34 i have to say um but yeah i, I do enjoy a sort of very old pakistani debutant um yeah always always good to see but pakistan is so erratic If you, if you cast your mind back to that series in england last summer we were singing their praises at some points, um, even though they lost that series. And then they went and got obliterated in New Zealand. But actually, two of the players we were most effusive about in England, Sean Massoud and Mohamed Abbas, have both now been dropped. So Shaan Massoud scored that brilliant 100 in the first test in England. After that, he scored 33 runs in eight innings, including four ducks. And Mohamed Abbas, who you know has been like one of the best bowlers in the world over the last few years, only managed four wickets in New Zealand and was was cast aside. So it, they're, they're a they're a strange team to or well, a difficult team to kind of get a get a handle on in some ways. But they were pretty impressive here. It's good to see Hassan Ali back in the fold. He took five wickets uh, to wrap up the series on the final day. And as you mentioned, I wanted to talk about the fact you know it's just so great to have Test cricket back in Pakistan. So obviously we had a, a decade or more. Uh, where they were playing in the UAE, uh, but they are finally now back playing fixtures on home soil. Sri Lanka and Bangladesh have both been in the last 18 months now, South Africa, England, New Zealand, and Australia are all slated to tour in the next couple of years. And yeah, it is remarkable that, you know, until, what, a year or so ago, when Sri Lanka and Bangladesh turned up, none of their team had ever played in Pakistan, had ever played test cricket in Pakistan before. Even Azar Ali, who's 35 years old and has been around forever, you know, that was his first test match, at home and i just wonder if it's a sort of under appreciated fact you know that they just haven't played test cricket at home that they have this massive disadvantage and they actually got to number 1 in the world a couple of years back without playing even a single game at home i mean i know you know i suppose you can overdo that because they were playing in the uae and they did sort of they did turn that into a bit of a fortress they had a really good record there and it was a horrible place to play for other Teams, it was a horrible place to tour. So they did have an adv- they did have that advantage, but they weren't playing in front of their home fans, which obviously no one's doing at the moment. But still, I, I just wonder if you know we sort of have taken it a bit for granted um, that they've been a very competitive test team without playing at home.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good point. Um, yeah, as you say, they you know they found a, a suitable home in the UAE. Uh, uh, yeah, it helped them get the best out of, out of themselves. Certainly, it wasn't like they sort of you know decamped in in scotland or something so but yeah no, i think i think it's a fair point you know obviously you yeah, know clearly not an easy time uh kind of all around to, to build any kind of um you know, to a pathway into a national team if you if you can't play in front of you know a home crowd so yeah i think you're totally right and i just you know for cricket as a whole for test cricket just a massive step in the right direction and, and long may it continue
1: definitely as i say they it's it's on the schedule that um the England new Zealand and Australia will be going there and and I hope they do obviously those security concerns haven't gone away but they they must be more confident of being able to to control that otherwise it it wouldn't be happening it wouldn't be uh, in the diary so yeah and that, hopefully it won't be too long before uh, fans can come back in too because it, you know Karachi Rawalpindi would would normally be amazing atmospheres i mean it i've I found it quite um i was going to say emotional but that's probably Putting uh, that's probably too strong a word, but you know it, it did. I suddenly realised like, "Oh yeah, I haven't watched Test cricket in Pakistan for a very, very long time," and it is—it's one of the great locations, one of the great sort of places, part of that sort of beating heart of Test cricket, isn't it? And Sky were showing because um, they didn't really have a studio uh, set up. They didn't have sort of um, an anchor, you know, pundits discussing it. They would just lunch interval or the tea interval. They wouldn't do any analysis they'd just show highlights of old matches and then they'd go back to the live action so they were showing a lot of uh, highlights of, of past games in Pakistan and it is yeah it's just great stuff although that being said what they were mainly showing was England failing to chase you know England losing in Multan in 2005 failing to chase 198 it was that first test match after the Ashes in 2005 which England had 198 to win and threw it away uh, and I have very much still not come to terms with that. (laughs) So that that was a bit of a kick in the teeth at seven in the morning to watch that on repeat. All right, well, that's going to be it, I think, for the World Cricket Show this time. Have you enjoyed this one, Tone? Yeah, it's been good. Hopefully the technology has has seen us through here. What time are you due for a landing? Has uh, air traffic control given you clearance yet?
0: Straight into flight simulator, I think. What have you got lined up, Tane, to uh, to keep you busy in lockdown? Good question. Well, a bit more cricket. Having said all that about, you know, test cricket absolutely flying at the moment, there's not there's not a huge amount more test cricket to come sort of around the world, is there, over the next few months. and um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, we'll, well, that will get us through to the end of this month, at least. Is the IPL happening again? They're not doing it in April, are they? Yeah, no, it is, because it is, uh, oh. obviously joss butler is off isn't
1: he oh is it yeah of course april and may 2021 tedious <laughs> well at least we've got three more tests in this india series to keep yeah. us busy all right well we'll be back uh after that second test in china it's a day nighter isn't it the next one uh that's the third test that's the third test okay yeah Nine.
0: i mean that is just heady stuff isn't it that is absolutely remarkable
1: what 9 a.m start
0: 9, 9 a.m start i mean
1: what date is that test then
0: uh that is the 24th so it starts on a wednesday it's in. okay fingers crossed, crossed we're in. still in lockdown <laughs> yeah no don't say that come on the lockdown to be fair that would be absolutely ideal just come out of lockdown on that monday monday the 29th <laughs> i don't know there isn't 29 days this year is so there? monday monday the 1st of march yeah if deputy peter
1: fairbrush is listening could he work that into the exit from lockdown framework <laughs> all right well yeah we will be back uh, to to review uh, the remainder of this series but in the meantime If you enjoy the World Cricket Show, do get involved on Twitter. It's our favourite place. We're (laughs) at Cricket Show. We tweet loads from there. Uh, You can also like us on Facebook. That's also at Cricket Show. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at World Cricket Show. You can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. And if you do enjoy the show, then why not leave us a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, because that does help to bring new people to the show. So thank you very much to everyone who has been doing that. But that, Tone, is it. I think I'm going to go to bed now. It's absolutely freezing here tonight. I've, I don't know if you can see. I've been uh, I've been huddled under a blanket like an old man. Got <laughs> a blanket over my knees.
0: It is chilly, isn't it? I, I, not to just moan again at stuff, but <laughs> it really annoyed me that. I don't, yeah, obviously there's a bit of snow around, but it was being billed as Beast from the East two on the news. Yeah. I was like, "For God's sake, snow didn't start with beasts from the east." <laughs> <laughs> like, just really yeah. annoying. I think I'm really becoming much more bitter and curmudgeonly as I get older.
1: Yeah, and you you weren't starting from a great place. In that was <laughs> have <space laughs> exactly. to say. Yeah, well, I'm still furious about motorbikes. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good, yeah, not a good combo, really, is it? Um, Anyway, let's bring it to an end there. Stay in school, everyone. Keep up the homeschooling and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Tony. To Bye-bye for now. Cheers.
0: <laughs>